Welcome to Optimize Your Lifestyle with me, Steph Clarkson. It's a place for wellness, brain training, life hacks and insights with me and my fantastic guests. Come on in. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Steph Clarkson and I'm joined by the lovely Richard Misson. Hello Richard. Hello everyone. So we've tackled quite a few heavy topics in the last few podcasts, so we thought we'd lighten it up today and discuss decluttering and minimalism, which is one of my favourite topics, isn't it, Rich? Oh, it certainly is. <laughs> it certainly is. Enthusiasm. So I guess I wouldn't describe as a strict minimalist. Um, we certainly have a lot of projects and we're not kind of one bowl and one cup kind of people. But at the same time, I love the idea of developing minimalism and decluttering as a practice, just like you might practice meditation. It's a skill that you develop over time and just keep coming back to it and refining it. And, you know, I get a lot of pleasure out of that um, practice that I have there. So I think it would be useful to talk about why um, you should declutter, why you'd be minimalist, what's what's the kind of point? For me, I find a room that's not quite so busy or cluttered or, or full, if you like, uh, really de-stresses me. And sometimes it really, really makes me quite stressed and anxious just have been in a, a room that's so busy. Yeah, and I think that's really common that we actually have an emotional reaction to busyness and that's a good way of putting it, busyness. And you might think, you know, it's not worth the investment of my time. But if you think if you open a certain cupboard or walk into a certain room or a wardrobe every single day, several times, it's like every single one of those times you're getting a bit of a hit of stress chemicals, you're getting that reaction. And by allowing it to remain that way, you're kind of inviting that stress into your life because you're not dealing with it. So there is a real emotional link between clutter um, and us as humans, really, we, we respond well to simplicity. Some of the places that we choose to go on holiday and spend time in are really simplistic and, and beautiful. You know, I'm thinking of a gorgeously manicured lawn, for example. Yes, and for me, um, sitting on the beach and just looking into the horizon in the sea or uh, sat at the seaside does that exact same yeah. thing to me. It just makes me feel so peaceful mm, and in the moment. Nobody's there or just a few dog walkers. And, and, it's, and we feel good when we're on holiday, don't we? Because we stay in accommodation and places which don't have all our stuff in them, which, which are simple. And it's amazing how much lighter um, I think most people would report that they feel uh, when they're away from home. So coming at it from a psychological point of view, you could argue that a lot of the clutter that we hold on to has kind of psychological triggers and that could be memories, it could be different identities that we're not anymore that we might be either pleased about or not so pleased about. But objects tend to carry um, memories and psychological reactions to them. So that's one good reason to declutter. Coming from a spiritual point of view, looking at the energy of things, even if things don't particularly have any memories, they can have this like heavy stagnant energy that they've been disused or disloved for a mm. long time. And that actually does influence the aura and the energetic field of the body as well. And I think a real issue that holds people back from decluttering is the time it takes to do it. But actually the gift of being minimal is the time that you get back. Because we you know it's much quicker to wash up uh, four-piece dinner set than it is a 16-piece dinner set and, mm. and it kind of gets around these lazy habits you keep on top of things more the house is more ordered generally there's less busyness there the time it gives you back is just amazing 
uh, yeah, that's something that Steph's made me do. I'm quite kitchen proud, and uh, mm -mm. I'm only allowed a, a certain number of plates and cups now, and, and, and yeah. our kitchen is always fairly tidy. And I think you have to question that, you know, where two people living in a flat, of course, there'll be more things for families, but we looked through our cutlery drawer not long ago it was a bit of a neglected part and i think there was something like 27 forks 27 forks that's for right, two yeah. people and now of course we have guests we're not complete hermits but still we're probably not likely to have 27 guests so it, it's really looking at how much stuff you have and thinking there's only two or four of us how what's realistic for that amount of people and yeah there's an argument for having a, a backup um, but really, you know, what are you realistically going to use? And, and it felt great to um, downsize that, those forks and that cutlery jar, actually, didn't it? It did, it did, yeah. <laughs> and it, it really did make everything just look a lot more tidier as well in that drawer. So, uh, yeah. yeah, recommend if You don't need 27 forks. We never need 27 forks. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think the thing that... Um, Quite often the reason that we clutter is subconscious. So we have these beliefs that we're brought up with, like waste not, want not, um, you know, don't waste things, use things, save it for a rainy day. And these are things that have probably been passed on through the generations, probably from post-war times really, when people had less stuff and had mm -hmm. to be yeah. more precious with it. Mm -hmm. But they stay in our minds. And actually in today's modern world, a lot of these you know, aren't really valid and aren't, and aren't really true anymore. We don't have to feel guilty that we should um, keep hold of, you know, the, the package into something just in case. Because there's, there's, there's ways and means around things. Yeah, yeah. And just to ask yourself, when was the last time I used this item? Mm. Uh, if it's a long, long time ago, am I likely to ever use it realistically? Okay, I may like it, but is it serving me a purpose at all? Yeah, and I think we have, I'd like to describe them as future fantasies about the day that we need that thing that we gave away and we imagine <laughs> it'll be awful and we'll just feel terrible and, and racked with regret because we gave that thing away that we need. Or the alternate, the positive thing, or in six months' time, maybe I'll be absolutely thrilled that I kept this thing and I didn't give it to the charity shop and I'll be delighted. And actually in the year, how many times that happens not a handful of times if that and were you truly distraught or were you truly delighted or was it just a momentary blip and I, th I think probably the pleasure of having a daily existence of a clear lovely space far outweighs um these few emotional highs and lows that's been caused by giving giving things away or holding on to them um, a classic example is the dreaded wire box or drawer oh. or bag. Or we, we all have uh, a, a wire, wire container. Um, yeah, <laughs> and then that's, that's a classic example, isn't it? I think when we went through it, again, we had 10 of the same cable. But mm. only two devices using it. So, yeah. you know, I gave away eight of them to the charity shop. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I know that if I need that cable again, it's actually very easy to come by on Amazon. It's mm. a couple of quid. You know, it's, it's neither here nor there. So so just being realistic um, in your approach. Yeah, absolutely. And and do not forget, we, we, are, we do live in a world of plenty now. So getting mm. hold of a cable for a particular iPhone or whatever it may be, is easy so actually you won't miss it you won't yeah. miss it for long anyway yeah and it's kind of been aware of these hacks if you like before you go into the process so for example instruction manuals nearly every instruction manual is available online is downloadable is. Yeah. um mm. from the company website so that's something to think about when you consume something or you come across these things actually you know is this takeaway menu online is this manual online is, is there another source of this and most of the time these days i think they'll say yes yeah
So let's discuss some methods for how you might start with minimalism and decluttering. Well, for me, it it works quite easily actually. It's uh, sometimes I enjoy it, sometimes I don't. But I always start small. Um, so I will pick a particular bookshelf or drawer, let's say, and say, okay, well, let's get this done. And if I don't want to do any anything else after that, fine. Mm -hmm. But quite often. I get into it then, and I think actually yeah. this is all right. This is quite satisfying. This, do you know what? Yeah. I may as well do, do draw next to it as well. Oh, well, all of a sudden there's a cupboard underneath, yeah. and so on and so on. And then before I know it, I've done the whole kitchen. Yeah, and that's really great advice, isn't it? Actually, start on something so small that you can't fail, and what you'll find is you start to enjoy it. And you, but if you went in with the intention of doing the whole living room, it mm. would probably be too overwhelming, and you wouldn't even begin. So yeah, doing one drawer, one handbag you know, the car glove compartment, that's a great place to start um, and it becomes addictive. Another option that I like is to start where it's fun. So I love clothes and I just love going through my wardrobe and getting, yeah. you know, the different seasonal clothes out of the uh, attic. And that's a real pleasure point for me. So I'll often start there and then again, I'll get inspired to do, do a different section. Or another um, reason that many of us start to declutter is we've reached something called threshold. And this is when that place is so dirty and messy and untidy that you mm. just can't take it anymore. You've had enough. You've had yeah. enough and it needs to get clean. So you can start in a place where you've reached threshold. And this is worth mentioning a psychological concept here that people tend to be away from people or towards people. And what I mean by that is we either move away from pain or discomfort or displeasure. Mm. Or we go towards pleasure and joy and success. Now, if you're an away from person, you will tend to tidy when it gets, when you can't stand it anymore. Yeah. Right? When it gets the bottom drawer paperwork type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually, what minimalism can help you with is move towards being a toward person. So, away people tend to clean it up just to the point where it's standable. Right. I can cope with it that untidy, so I leave it there. <laughs> but if you change your mindset to a towards person, do you know, no, I want to live in a zen-like, peaceful place that I'm just thrilled to be in, um, then you have that positive idea in your mind and it just propels you forward to continue with it and make it practice, which is that nice word that I used earlier. So what do you think to this Marie Kondo method, if we just come back to that again? She says that you should put everything in the home in one central space and tackle it all at once. Ah, well. Do you want to run for the hills? Oh, well, <laughs> to begin with, yes. The mm. first time I was faced with this and Steph did this to me, I could have mm. screamed. But mm. actually, we did well. We, we achieved quite a lot of space making then didn't we yeah i mean you've really got to be up for decluttering i think when you tackle this method you've yes. really got to be mm. at threshold and want to do it and if you have a day when you wake up and you're like that great go for it because it's like i said earlier when you use this method you will see everything and and we do have blind spots you know we don't notice the shelf on top of the stove or we don't notice the things hanging on the wall or from the curtain pole that's been there for years so with this method it just forces you to see with new eyes and when it's all in one space you actually realize how much stuff you have in different categories which is very Marie Kondo the idea that we save things in categories so when you have all the books from your house in one place you realize wow that's a lot of books when you have all your um, fabrics let's say and throws and duvets and cushions in one spot you realize the vast quantity of that that you have and it's I think she recommends this because you know you really kind of realize the scale 
of your mm. cluttering when you see how much of that thing and it's much easier to start weeding it out when you think you know what actually i've got 55 cushions that's too many <laughs> oh, um no. it, it makes it easier because you can see the truth and actually once it's done the the feeling is incredible it feels yeah. great to be living in a, a sanctuary type place <laughs> a very peaceful <laughs> house or room whatever it is you've done it feels great yeah it's a rare person that says i decluttered and you know i hate it or i don't know why why i did this to myself (laughs) and i don't think i've heard anybody say that ever um yeah and it's also a rare day that you regret what you've given away or let go Mm. of actually you know maybe ever so often you think oh i quite like that jumper actually but it's not the trauma that we expect it to be so, so what's stopping people doing this in everyday life? Because as far as I'm aware, this isn't something a lot of people that I know do. Mm. Why, why don't they do it? I think it's just the sense of overwhelm and it's the time it takes to make that initial investment and it just feels like too much. And But there is a ways you can work around that, even that initial decluttering. So, you know, make it fun. Put your favourite party tunes on and dance around the house while you do it and maybe even do it with somebody yeah yeah that, that's uh, something that i use and that makes it for much a easier yeah. way of doing it yeah and doing it with somebody can be a really lovely thing i mean i remember when i was a teenager um my bedroom was an absolute tip and my mum would get to threshold quite regularly and insist that we spent the day and literally genuinely did take the day um to go through everything and i have really fond memories of that time you know mm. you get into conversations you see things that remind you of certain memories yeah. and start to reminisce it can be a really pleasurable day actually to the decluttering days of your life it's a bit like finding an old photo album or collection of photos isn't it oh i didn't know i had this and look mm. at this and you know okay it might be a bit distracting but yeah. it does make it a bit easier to do if you yeah. can stop and oh, okay, yeah that's quite well cool. that could even be the reward you know yeah. oh later when we sat down and we've done this good job let's go through that and, and, and kind of reminisce um now the thing that will of course in the long term stop uh, clutter building up is your consumer habits So a great way to start minimalism is actually to start consuming less. And anybody who does consume a lot, um, we really have to let you off the hook because we've lived in a society that encourages materialism, encourages consumerism. Everywhere you go, there's billboards and adverts um, encouraging you to get the next new thing, the next trend. So it is hard to resist the cultural Mm. psychology and hypnosis, really, um, to the contrary. But actually starting to build a practice of being mindful in your consumerism is is really key and and feels really good. We quite enjoy shopping as much as the next person really, but um, we will sometimes see something in a shop and think, oh, this is nice, I might buy this. But then we'll ask ourselves again, okay, well, let's let's walk away from it now Mm. and let's see if in an hour, hour's time, I want to come back and get it. It, that will tell me how much I want that item or not. Yeah, so it's using little uh, methods like this to kind of catch yourself. It's asking questions, you know, am I just feeling landfill with this? Do I really need this? And having mechanisms such as one in, one out, um, only buying mm. what you need, buying quality so that it lasts longer. There's, you know, there's lots of different mindsets that you can develop and the self-talk around that um, to remind yourself um, of being an ethical consumer because I think we all want to be really, don't we? We all yeah. have that desire to live in this world lightly yeah. and leave less waste. Yeah, yeah, but we also like new new things and, yeah. and new stuff. and Yeah. 
That's quite nice. Yeah, and I think often um, it's coming from a place of your values. You know, what do you want for your life? And most people say things like freedom, family, love, laughter, joy, um, stimulating conversation, creativity. Mm -hmm. And none of those things involve too much stuff. Mm. So it's questioning, actually, am I going to live my best life by having this thing? Or if I save my money, will I have my best life by paying for an experience instead? And I mean, at the moment we're in lockdown and we recently visited a park which does have a cafeteria. And I said to you, didn't I? I said, if it hadn't been lockdown and that had been open, we'd have easily spent £20 on some cakes and some coffees that Mm. we just didn't need because we, you know, took a bottle of water and some sandwiches and, and we were fine. So it's just kind of... Yeah, it's, it's kind of asking yourself, how can I live by my highest values? And does this purchase contribute to that or does it take away from it, actually? Yeah, and that's just reminded me of something as well. It was something which I find quite interesting and I, I watch out for it every year, sadly, mm. is how much we spend per person, as an example, on, for Christmas. That's interesting. So um, apparently the average spend per person that you buy for is about 300 pounds so that would mean you spend 300 pounds on me every christmas as an average and i spend 300 pounds on you that's for what and and most people nowadays that i speak to say i don't really need anything for christmas i've got what i need oh worse i can't remember what i got exactly yeah (laughs) ask yourself that question what did you get for christmas last year and if the question Mm. if the answer is i have no idea then Mm, that's, yeah. that's a whole different question, isn't it? Yeah. And, I mean, this can be a difficult thing because um, we've talked before about the languages of love. And mm-hmm. some people see gift-giving and gift-receiving as a show of love because, yes. actually, it says that somebody's been thinking of you when they've been elsewhere and thinking mm. about what you like and what will bring you pleasure. Yep. So if you're a gift-giver and that's your language of love, it's not saying don't give gifts anymore, but, you know, just think about, okay, how can I contribute to this person's um dream life and highest potential so maybe it is buying them theater tickets rather than um that item or or something Mm, um, experience a memory yeah Yeah. i mean that's a beautiful way of thinking about it isn't it how can because really with gift giving we want to create memories we want to create that lovely moment when we receive that thing so how can Mm. how can we do that even more even even greater level I think we all want this lightness of spirit. We all want less to do. We want more space. We want just, you know, to live by highest values. And there's a, it is true that the lighter you travel, the lighter your spirit. They tell you this when you go on holiday, travel light, you know. And, mm, and yeah. I think that it's a metaphor for life, really, as well. Uh, in the modern age of budget airlines now, um, it's, it's also quite uh, likely that they will encourage you to pay extra for baggage mm. or... Uh, try and encourage you not to take baggage at all if you can help it. It's quite easy if you tried just to take one bag as hand luggage for a weekend away or whatever it might be. You don't necessarily need to take 20 kilos worth of baggage. And it feels so much better when you do that. I mean, I was like the masses that really grumbled when they brought in these extra charges. Mm. But actually going um, to room for a weekend, let's say, with a small bag and just having a few things, God, it makes everything mm. so much easier and nicer and less washing. And, and I've, I've never really missed having, mm. you know, having the, the massive bag with yeah. all this stuff. And no, no one will miss the feeling of trying to cram everything back into your bag to come home again because um, I'm certainly guilty of that. No, I'll buy this, yeah. I'll buy that because it's quite nice. So and get it back in your bag on again. the suitcase to get the zip. Yeah, yeah you don't need that. T- taking a half-empty bag in the, fir- in the first place and put some things in it to come yeah. home with is much more satisfying. That's good. Yeah. 
So I guess in summary, the main points are um, to start small, to challenge your beliefs and your thinking, to be a more mindful consumer, yeah. and consider the impact on your own life and values of the things that you're consuming, and also not to be too hard on yourself. You know, it's a habit of a lifetime, and it often takes a lot of passes and developing a practice rather than a one-step fix. Excellent. Thank you very much for that, Steph. That was really useful. Yeah. So, um... I am working on a masterclass and some online courses around minimalism and decluttering. Um, I'll also be releasing the second edition of my book, Clear Home, Clear Mind. Um, it's not currently in circulation because it's actually 2008 that I wrote that, believe it or not. So it's well due uh, <laughs> a renewal. Um, but if you live in the Tame Oxfordshire area, do invite me to come along and help me declutter because that's my idea of the perfect day. If you get in touch, give us your ideas and thoughts if you'd like to hear more like this. We've enjoyed keeping you company here today. I'm Steph Clarkson. And Richard Mason. Thank you and for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank bye you. Bye bye. Bye bye.